Hi, welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush. And I'm Don Ludicky. We're bringing you your favorite romance authors. You'll get to hear them read from their books and answer your questions. Now let's get on with the show. Oh, for the... Yeah, oh, there we you. go. Yay, we did it! Yay. <laughs> All right, sorry. Um, normally we go live on StreamYard, so this was a little bit of a learning curve. Um, welcome to Romance Happy Hour Book Club. I'm Dylan Crush, and I'm here with, I don't know where you are in relation to anyone else, Dawn, but you are um, down there to me, so my car I'm right is, next to you online. <laughs> yes, Dawn Ludicky. Um, Hi. So welcome. We're glad you're joining us tonight. We are here with the authors of the Steamy Anthology. Um, I'm one of the authors too, but I'm not actually participating tonight. I'm hosting. And so we're going to hear from Eliza Peake, who, who is, uh, yep, I was going to say wave, if you would, um, and Danielle Pays, and Jesse Harper, hey. and Ivy Nelson. So I'm super excited that you are here with us. And we have a couple brave readers who have joined us on the Zoom call. So thank you, Teresa, mm. Johanna, and Karen. We really appreciate you coming on here and showing your, uh, I mean, you don't even have to show your face, but we, we do appreciate you guys coming on here and um, actually being on the Zoom. So I'm gonna keep doing Zooms so that we get all of you used to it. And I think, I don't know, Don. I think maybe we should start doing like, prizes or something for people mm. who have joined us for the most zooms because oh like me afraid yeah. of zooms well so. that would be me right that now would, <laughs> that, would be, that would be one of the three of you right now i know we'll have to figure out how how we want to do that but yeah i think there's something to be said for people getting on here on the zoom i think it's more fun when you actually get to chat with people so so we hope that you'll do that eventually um, yeah. but if you are joining in the Facebook group, you are also, anybody who joins us live tonight is eligible to win our, um, we're giving away a $10 Amazon gift card to one, one viewer. So, so make sure that you let us know you're here. If you're joining us in the Facebook group, leave a comment mm -hmm. so that we know that you're, you're with us. So, all right. So Dawn, before we get to introducing our fabulous authors, what have you been up to? I know it's been so long since we were last on here, right? Like a whole <laughs> yes. So long, so long. Uh, just honestly, this week I'm kind of, I'm still writing and marketing well, good. a bit. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not like going crazy. So I'm working on Lipstick and Lassos, which is book three in the Lone Tree Ranch series. And then um, my paranormals for my pseudonym. I'm working on one of those, so. Are yeah. you sharing your name yet or? Yes, it's Lexa Jade. Okay, you so, decided. Yep. I did. I like it. So yeah. And I didn't see any other authors with that one. <laughs> All right. I know it's so funny because oftentimes readers will ask, like, how did you come up with a pen name? And I don't know, you went through a bunch, but then you were yeah. like, no, there's a, a famous comic book character by mm -hmm. that name. And then there's, um, yeah. then there was another author. And I don't know if, if anyone else has looked up pen names, but it's hard. Yeah, to it come is up hard. With a pen name. <laughs> Took me forever to find mine. Yep. Yeah. Well, mine is easy because mine is two family names that I put together. Ah, that works. So, 
Okay. Mine's a shortened family name, and then my, the surname is a family name. But my sister-in-law, who used to write, she picked a pen name and then found out that it was a stripper, a famous stripper's name. Oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> See, I was afraid of that. I, In fact, I was it in the group, Dylan, the mastermind group? I said, is this too strippery? Yep. No, it's too 80. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too. It's like, is yep. this too strippery? <laughs> Be careful. Yeah. I think... The other Jesse Harper plays softball. And I was like, that's ah. safe. She's young and she might never do anything else other than that. So we'll wait and right. see what happens with the other Jesse Harper. But yep. I called myself out with mine because mine is my middle name and then a family name. And his yep. is such a rare name that anyone in the world with that name is prematurely to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and my first name, I kept coming up with these first names and it was great. And then I get on Amazon and I type it in and like all, everybody has these first names. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to help me out any. So I finally found Lexa and I love it. And I told my mom and she's like, and if any of you longtime viewers know my mother, you know, I love her to death, but she's like, no, everybody's going with Alexa now and you can't do that. I said, why mom? And she's like, I, I hate my Alexa. She gets oh. my groceries wrong. <laughs> and I'm like, mom, it's not Alexa. That is great. That's funny. <laughs> so oh that's God. why she didn't want me to do it. Cause her Alexa gets her grocery list wrong. That's <laughs> funny. So let's go ahead and have our authors introduce themselves. I think we're going to start with Eliza, who you and I are at the beach tonight, right? Yes. I don't know where you live in real life, but. Not at the beach, unfortunately. (laughs) Me neither. I know. I I feel like we're we're bonding over our beachy theme. Yes. Yes. Um, in, in In reality, I live about an hour north of Atlanta. So I am in the South and no, we don't have any snow, but we've got a lot of rain, a little bit of ice. So, um, but it's been pretty nasty here. No beach. Um, and yes, yeah, so I am in the steamy anthology. Wait. I know when, when we use the virtual background, you have to get it so close or else it fades out. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, y'all know what it looks like. Uh, and my story is actually connected to my series that I'm writing right now called Madison Ridge. Um, it's a trilogy. That's the cover, but you cannot see it. Oh, we can't see it. I know you'll have to take your background off for us, or you can pop it in the group. Yeah, I'll pop just a picture it. of it in the group. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it, it, it will be a, once it comes out of Steamy, it will be the reader magnet for the series. So, so a couple of the characters that are in it are uh, book one and book three of the trilogy. So that is that on mine. All right, and Ivy, you're next. Hi, uh, I'm Ivy. I write um, erotic romance. Yeah, that's, we'll just go with that. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I'm in Texas. Um, I have not had a shower since Sunday. So yeah, that's why I've got the hat on. Um, you look good, Ivy. I, I mm-hmm. wish I looked that good with a shower it, sometimes. It took, <laughs> it took some work, like a lot of baby wipes. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, my story in the Steamy Anthology is also connected to a series, um, the Diamond Dome series. So here's one of them. Got a nice steamy cover there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so uh, one of the characters um, that's kind of a side character in the series, I actually did a poll uh, in my reader group and it's like, hey, which character would you like to know more about? And they like all picked the bartender. So um, of course, tonight, yes. So uh, I have a story about two bartenders actually, so. We're, we're fans of bartenders here on Romance Happy Hour. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right, Jesse, how about you? Okay, yeah, I'm Jesse, and um, I also am in the Steamy Anthology. Everyone's going, duh, now, because we're all in the Steamy Anthology. Um, the short that I've got in there is tied to my second series, which um, just, the first book just came out on the 11th, so it's brand new. Um, and that series is Mint Springs, which is driving distance to Eliza's fictional town, which is kind of hilarious because I was born right near where Eliza lives. And so it's fictionalized kind of that area. So it's still like North Georgia. Um, but yeah, it's two characters that um, are mentioned in the other books um, and may eventually have a bigger book of their own, but we'll see what happens. And I would show you the cover, but Amazon has not sent me any of my books. So oh. I have... No, I could hold the, I mean, the Kindle doesn't really work, but I'll, I'll yep. put the link in the, in the comments. That'll maybe. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How about you, Danielle? Yes. Hello. I am also in the Steam Anthology. I write romantic suspense and my story takes place. It's, it's also a part of a series. It takes place in the fictional town of Fisher Springs. And that is where my Dare to Surrender series is based. I got those books here. I don't know if you can see if that'll work. Oh, it kind of works. So there's one, two, three. The fourth one will come out in uh, later this year. And it's all about, um, it's romantic suspense. So it has to do with cops and FBI and that sort of thing for the heroes. And you're in the mountains tonight. And I, that's not right here in the background. I'm outside of Seattle area. We got hammered last weekend with record snow, um, like we did two years ago. It is melting and now we're down to back to our 40, 30 to 40 degree rainy, gray, typical. Yeah. Crazy. I know the weather has been kind of crazy everywhere this week. So do you have water, Ivy? You have power now, right? Yeah, we have power now, still no water, so. Okay. Um, I'm yeah, hoping supposedly tomorrow, so. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, that's not, <laughs> Texas is not made for that. I No, Texas was not made for any of this. It has been um, really special. Oh, I know. <laughs> My, uh, we, we, we moved here two years ago from Texas and um, yeah, I mean, we always lost power. <laughs> Yeah, we had an ice storm a couple of years back and Atlanta's not built for it either. We were out no, of power days, no cell phone, no lot. It was, it was awful. It was fun for about 24 hours. Then I was like, I have no cell phone. <laughs> yeah. <You know. laughs> that was like two years ago because Seattle, you get two inches of snow and the whole Puget Sound shuts down because it's all just, mm -hmm. the, we, if you're outside the mountains, no one knows what to do. Right. Yeah. I'm in Park yeah. City and we have snow now and nothing will change. Like there will be mm -hmm. no... There will be no difference in the day to day. Like it's just get the snowblower out. You know, just like my husband is so excited because he's yeah. he had enough snow, right? Like we need the snow for the water in the summer. Number one, yep. but number two, like how can you snowboard and how can you ski? And that's what he. Mm -hmm. That's why we moved here, right? Not me because I hate all that, but like he likes that. 
<laughs> so I just <laughs> snow blow my driveway for no good reason. Constantly. So Park City, Idaho or? Um, Park City, uh, Utah. Utah, Utah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So right. You're like yeah, me, yeah. Jesse. You are a reluctant northern citizen now. Because I grew yes. up in Texas and I'm in Minnesota now. So Ooh. I was yeah. in Minnesota as a kid. And so I know it's the frozen tundra up there. It, it is. And it's been cold here. I mean, like minus, I think minus 18 or minus 20 was the lowest it got last week. No. Um, so yeah, I had to take my kid to the orthodontist the other day. And my car wouldn't start. I mean, it was just dead. My husband's did. Thank goodness. Um, so we were able to make it, but yeah, I mean, my car just, yeah. I mean, it, it <laughs> no, we're no. not going anywhere, but we haven't had much snow either. I mean, it feels, you know, if it's going to be that cold, at least give us something pretty to look at. I know. So, I didn't put the snow tires on this year yeah. because it hadn't, the snow hadn't really come and I don't like to get them down and take them to go put them on. And so I thought, well, maybe this year I can get away with it. But then now we're getting a little bit hit with it. I'm still, I'm not putting them on. I'm being stubborn now. So forget <laughs> it. Well, if you don't put them on, you know, you're going to get dumped on. And if you do put them on, you probably won't. So at least well, that's the thing that's going to work. <laughs> that's what would normally happen. But I still, yeah. I've got my heels dug in. I'm not putting snow tires on this year. The weight. So how about our readers that are with us, Teresa and Johanna and Karen, what are things like where you guys are? weather-wise um, and so i'm in colorado okay and it's been cold but no snow except for you know maybe yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> maybe a yes, half an inch sorry. total okay sorry anytime i'm on the video is a great time to show chihuahua butt <laughs> well she's yes definitely uh needs to be on the big screen somewhere <laughs> i got mine down here She's she's wanting to be on the screen, but she's too big, so she's just well, staring at me. Of, that's part of being able to jump everywhere. You can get on the screen. Well, and Johanna said in the chat that it's snowing a lot in New York, and she's done with it. <laughs> yeah, we got snow in St. Louis also. Yep. But it's like a, it's twenty six degrees, so. The places that don't normally get snow are getting them, and of course, the ones like right. Colorado and Utah who need the snow and yep. want the snow aren't getting it. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. I think everything's been bad for like last year, so maybe yeah, this my is great now. Vermont, my mother in law said it's not really snowing up there, and I was like, Oh, in Vermont, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, she lives at the Canadian border, so that's that's odd for them. Yep, yeah. Well, let's talk about Steamy. Um, this anthology yes. has, I mean, I've got my copy here too, and I don't know if anybody ordered, uh, see, it's not going to work in my virtual thing on, but I mean, this, this book is sick, y'all. Yeah, it's there you good. go. Jesse's got it. It's, um, it's yep. got some girth to it and definitely some heft. <laughs> so, um, but this came about, there are 20 authors in it and, um, came out in um, January and it's been, we've been having a, a friendly rivalry with the Sweet Anthology too. So if y'all have not picked up the Sweet mm -hmm. Anthology uh, or if you have KU, um, give us a read. Cause yeah, we're, we're having a friendly competition with the Sweet Anthology right now. And we're, we've got them in some areas and they've got us in others. So 
Um, so yeah, so give it, give it a look. And we're gonna hear from Eliza first. I know all of you are so excited to read. Everybody comes on here and they're like, you want me to read? Not enough, I'm on video. I mean, yep. I, this is really out of my comfort zone today, video and I'm reading. Well, I figure we'll just do a little snippet and then if anybody has questions, if um, any of our readers that are joining us live have questions and in the Facebook group, Dawn's gonna keep an eye out. So if, if anyone has questions for any of the authors about the CME anthology or anything else, um, or if you've read some of the stories, let us know which ones you've read. So or if anyone's read, if anyone's read the whole thing, um, you get extra like total bonus points from us if you've read the whole thing. It's over 600 pages. <laughs> so but yeah, we'll let you go ahead, Eliza. Do you need to set anything up? Um, just that, you know, I said earlier, this was uh, the uh, kind of a beginning to the Madison Ridge series and it's called Someone to Fix. I actually got the title from a Kenny Chesney song that I just love and the um, the kind of the words to the to the song made me think a lot about how my hero Landon feels. Um, he's former military kind of dealing with some you know PTSD which I couldn't get into as much um, being a short story but it does kind of touch on that a little bit. So um, I thought, oh, well, that was my song I played continuously while I wrote this. So um, yeah, I, I enjoyed writing it with that song. So, okay. Chapter one. Is somebody timing me so that I don't keep reading forever? <laughs> you know, I think you'll probably be fine, but um, okay. we'll, if you want, I will, I will gently cut you off at okay. about five minutes if like, you know, like Three, three hours later, three hours later. I should put the whole entire book. <laughs> yeah, don't let me keep going. Okay, all right, chapter one, unexpected welcome. Landon Gray scanned the cavernous room in front of him. His agreement with the US Army may have come to an abrupt end, but the training was ingrained. His instincts were quiet though. The faint smell of rubber from the floor mats and the echo of a guy grunting through a deadlift posed no imminent threat. His gaze snagged on the woman at the far end of the gym. She racked weight plates with competence, her, quick, her movements quick, economical. Dark hair was pulled into a ponytail that swung with each motion. Black shorts showcased tan legs that woke up certain baser instincts he'd let go dormant after his accident. When she turned and walked his way, a customer service smile on her lips, he kicked his sneakers into gear. Jesus, she was a stunner and oddly familiar. Her footsteps faltered as she drew closer around the same time Realization. Oh, realization set up camp in her chest. His chest. No way. Landon? Iris? 20 feet away stood the woman he'd once wanted in the forever and ever amen kind of way. He told he had never told her, not wanting to ruin their friendship. It was just as well. He no longer believed in forevers. She squealed before launching herself into his arms, legs wrapped around his waist. He caught her and held on tight, his eyes sliding closed. The warmth of her body was a soothing balm to his battered soul. Mine flashed in his head, but he, he shoved the dangerous thought away. Iris pulled back, her indigo eyes shining with unshed tears. You're back, she breathed. I'm back, he grinned. You win for the best homecoming, he pet. Iris looked down as though realizing she clung to him like a koala. She dropped her gaze to his lips before entangling herself and sliding slowly down his body. Heat flared in his gut, nearly knocking him to his knees. When her feet touched the floor, she dropped her arms before stepping away. Sorry, her mischievous smile said otherwise. 
Landon shoved his hands into the pocket of his hoodie. Don't be sorry on my account. Her hands landed on her hips while she assessed him. You look good, Gray. He couldn't quit smiling. You too, Armstrong. A pink blush stained her cheeks. Been home long, she asked, walking behind the counter. About a month, staying with my folks until I get situated. She leaned forward, her eyes serious. Even though you quit writing me, you're still my best friend. I missed you. Ditto. It was all he could manage around the swelling in his chest. Her smile dimmed and shadows crossed her eyes. She looked away and reached for a tablet. What's bring, what brings you in besides the obvious? I heard there's a trainer here specializing in rehabilitation conditioning. She narrowed her eyes, a slim finger tapping the edge of the tablet. Really? Know where I could find the guy? Her smile was slow and fierce. I don't know the guy, but I do know the trainer. Landon's stomach met his shoes and his jaw clenched. Well, shit. Should I keep going or is, okay. Ivy's nodding, so I'm gonna get, keep going. <laughs> Chapter two, heroes need not apply. Iris rubbed her forehead to ward off the headache brewing. The amount of questions on the loan application could make a saint want to cliff dive into a dry canyon. All she wanted to do was make Ridge Fitness the best rehab and fitness facility it could be. Help those life knocked around to help find their way back. But the admin shit was part of the deal, so she filed ahead. A few pain in the ass questions weren't going to stand between her and owning the square footage around her. The bell on the front door rang, a smile curving her lips when she saw him. Landon Gray, her best friend had grown up since their bedwetting days, and damned if he hadn't grown up to be the hottest man she'd ever seen. His dark hair was buzz cut, that strong jaw covered in stubble, and those amber colored eyes stood out against tan skin. It didn't take a personal trainer to know that under that hoodie and sweatpants, yeah, she was drooling, was a body honed by years of physical training courtesy of Uncle Sam, or a psychiatrist to know he wore his brokenness like a cloak. Morning, Gray. Morning. He looked as though he'd bolt any second, so she wasn't going to waste time. Ready to get started? Yep. We'll start with an assessment of your range of motion, check a few things, then make some goals. Landon rolled his shoulders before nodding, go ahead with his chin. After you, Armstrong. She grinned, ah, three words. For a minute, I thought you only spoke in one syllable words. Smart ass. When he grinned, her heart pounded against her ribs. God, she missed that grin. She chuckled and led him over to an open area of floor mats with racks filled with weights. Shed the hoodie, she said. He hesitated a moment before pulling his hoodie over his head, revealing a snug t-shirt that molded to muscular biceps and skimmed over abs, no doubt lined with a six pack. He landed right between her legs. Yep, her best friend had gone and turned into a hottie. Had it been anyone else, she'd ask him to drink, see where the night led. But this was the man she'd once dreamed of forever with, yet had been too scared to take a chance on. She had learned love brought nothing but pain and she couldn't love him like that. She cleared her throat, let's get started. Once or twice during the session, she had to correct her, his form. At her touch, he twitched as though recoiling from the muscle settled, but his face remained impassive. He'd hugged her back yesterday, though she had launched herself at him, but now it was though her touch repulsed him. His face never betrayed the thought, but his body did every time. When they finished, his gait and his motions were slower as he gingerly pulled the hoodie over his head. She'd studied the notes she'd made during the session and from the goals he'd given her. Let's start with you coming in twice a week and we'll work up from there. That work? Yeah. The one word answers drove her crazy. Landon, are you going to trust me to help you? Landon's eyes met hers before he dropped his head and let out a long sigh. He parked his hands on his hips and paced away from her. I can't. You can't what? He stalked back and stared down at her, the muscle beneath his cheek ticking. A storm of emotions filled his eyes. The air around them grew so thick with tension she could hardly breathe. Lust, lust whipped through her body, but like always, her desire wouldn't find an outlet with him. It would be self-induced outlet. 
Just as the tension and heat reached a fever pitch, he stepped back. Nothing. Yes, I'm going to trust you. You sure about that? When's the next session? Iris crossed her arms, tapping a finger on her bicep. That's how it's going to be? She shook her head when he stayed silent. Thursday, take a hot bath at Epsom salt if you're sore. She turned and headed to the safety of her office. She closed the door and laid her head on the desk. Landon had a hero complex a mile wide and, though, and thought his injury made him weak. He wasn't the first former soldier she worked with, but it was the first one she'd cared for more than she should. The riot of emotions in her heart were exactly why she didn't do love. Perfect. Cute. I love that. And um, our readers really did too. We heard F yeah and damn, damn, damn. <laughs> Sorry, PG-13. <laughs> no, that's okay. Keep going. <laughs> we can't see comments now because we're no we're in yeah. Zoom. So I know I'm so used to being able to see comments when we go on StreamYard. Yes. Okay. So as a reader, I know Eliza, you said you don't like reading it, but I love hearing an author's words by the author said by the author. Well, thank you. Aww. That's the main reason I come on to these things. I want to hear them. <laughs> I want to hear them because you're the one who put the emotion in the words. Yeah. Know? And you know where the inflection is supposed to land and all that kind of stuff. I mean, once I get into it, I'm fine, but it's always the, you know, the build up of nerves before you do it. And, you know, but once I start reading, I'm good to go. So I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. We're writers. I we hide behind the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I enjoyed it as well. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. You yes. can. Okay. Because yes. I was on mute and I had to get my grandson to come in and show me what to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not great at this. So now I can talk. I'm sorry. But that no, was very okay. good. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Who wants to go next? We've, we've got a lot of book to get through. We've there's three more of you. I see Ivy smiling. All right, Ivy, we're gonna let you go next. In case you lose power, <laughs> we're gonna make you go next. <laughs> All right, um, so my story in the anthology is called Rocks. Um, I went with that title because, like I said, it is part of my Diamond Dom series and all of the books in that series have, um, one word title. So this one's called Blood Heist. Um, but they're all one word titles associated with diamonds because diamonds do in fact play a part in the series. Um, so I went with rocks because that's bartendery, you know, on the rocks, um, which is how I like my whiskey, by the way. I just didn't have any tonight. So, um, so yeah. Um, and uh, the thing about this story is you don't have to have read any of the other series to get into it. I wanted to just kind of give readers a taste without them having a whole bunch of questions because the series is pretty interconnected. Um, so yeah, I am also going to start with chapter one. Uh, and we're supposed to bleep F-bombs, right? Just kind of, okay, let's make sure. <laughs> I had to make sure I didn't have any of those. I was like, and then I was like, oh crap, there's a couple of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see if I can do this right. <clears throat> 
I hope you know you owe me big time, Mitch Hartley said, holding the phone with his shoulder as he wiped down bottles behind the bar at the outpost. His friend and business partner, partner Hunter Novak, just laughed. It's going to be great. A show like Bar on the Rocks is going to give the bar a lot of publicity. I know that one is your baby out of all the ones we own together, but humor me. You'll see I'm right. Mitch set his towel down and pulled the phone away from his ear to check the time. He made a face at Hunter's name on the screen while he was at it. You said they'll be here at 8.30? Yep, I need to get off here for another meeting. Let me know how it goes. It was eight in the morning and Mitch was waiting on the Bar on the Rocks production team to show up and begin filming an episode about his bar. The bar was many, one of many that he owned with Hunter Novak, an entertainment and luxury tycoon who spent most of his time in Las Vegas running three major casinos. The outpost was Mitch's pet project. It was a bar Hunter hadn't wanted to invest in, let alone buy, and Mitch had talked them into it because it was in Colorado where he could be, where he could be close to his other favorite place to spend time, Club Solitaire. Solitaire was an elite BDSM club and he spent a lot of his weekends there behind the bar and in the dungeon. There was a knock on the door at 8.15, so he checked his ponytail in the mirror behind the bar and went for the front door. He jerked it open, intent on intimidating whatever annoying producer they sent to talk to him, but his eyes went wide and he froze when he saw the short Latina standing with her hand raised, ready to knock again. She blinked first and looked away. Amalia, Mitch said, when the air came back into his lungs. I'm surprised you remember my name. What are you doing here, Mitch? I thought this was Hunter Novak's bar. <clears throat> it belongs to both of us. What are you doing here? I'm here with the show. I'll be, bar I'll be the bartending trainer for the episode, and I'm also a producer. He stepped back to let her in. Amalia was the last person he expected to see walk into his bar. In the back of his head, he knew she was on the show, but every episode featured a different bartender, depending on what production thought the episode called for. At least he assumed that's how it worked. Amalia Sanchez was a blast from the past. He thought he would never see again. He let his mind drift to the night they met. The attraction had been instant, and they'd fallen into bed together one night at a mixology convention. When he woke up the next morning, she was gone. He hadn't even known her last name. The only reason he discovered it was because a week later, a video of her performing bar tricks at a nightclub went viral. He'd followed her career ever since, but never bothered contacting her. Mitch had clearly been a one night stand that meant nothing to her and he respected that. Amalia cleared her throat. <clears throat> I was expecting to talk to Hunter. His people are the ones we dealt with when your bar got nominated. Mitch shrugged. Fine, the bar was my idea, so I'm usually the one here. Hunter owns half the dang universe. I'm sure your bosses didn't actually expect him to drop everything for this. We should get this over with. Still impatient, I see. He smirked. Some things never change, sweet Amalia. She shook her, shook her head. Don't call me that, please. I'm sorry I slipped out on you like that, but I think we can both agree it was for the best. He cocked his head to one side and stared at her. I don't agree with that at all, but I respect it. Now, unless you want to go to my office and finish what we started four years ago, we should sit down and go over whatever we need to go over. I have no idea how long that was. <laughs> perfect. Yeah, it's hard to tell when you're reading. That was great. Yeah, yeah perfect amount yes. of time. So it's just given us a taste. So hopefully 
hopefully just enough to let people know if they want to read more. And what are you drinking? I see you sipping on something that looked like it was from a mixologist. Yeah, so I wanted to, there's two different cocktails in the book and I didn't have the stuff to make any of them. So I made the next best thing and did a dirty vodka martini. So. Oh, that sounds good. Well, what are the cocktails in the book? I mean, this is romance happy hour, you gotta tell. <laughs> so there's a Negroni and um, he makes fun of her because she still likes those because it's a very old cocktail. Um, and then uh, there's an old fashioned. There's one other one and now I don't remember Just what it was. This. You got an old fashioned. I love you guys. Oh man, I'm not the only one drinking tonight. No, I'm 100% old fashioned unless it's just on the rocks whiskey. And if, yeah, Ivy and I should talk. It's like you get me started about whiskey and I'm like, oh, and here's more to talk about. Let's keep talking about it. Like I have issues. Yeah, one of my stories centers around a very expensive bottle of whiskey. What is There's it? There's a lot of whiskey girls in his group. I know. That's I was awesome. gonna say I've been doing a lot of whiskey research lately. What? What's your yeah. bottle of? It's a. It's like it's a 35 year old bottle of Macallan. Okay. They're very very rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna hold up. This is my local, which is maybe backward. Mm. No, so we can see local it. Whiskey. Can you see it? So this yeah. is it's it's. I'm gonna local it like this because. Mm-hmm. They, some of it's from Indiana, like every other whiskey in the world, but this is from down the street. So this is what I drink most of the time, unless I have something fabulous, like what you just mentioned, I mean, in which case, yes, but. I went with wine because of course, uh, you know, this background because it's national wine day. Yes. Oh, right. So I, um, yeah. So I went with the wine today. I'm going to pretend like that's uh oh. No. <laughs> so it wasn't just me. Okay. Johnny's speechless. Um, I I am drinking um, cherry vodka with uh, cherry bubbly because that's the best I could do tonight. I didn't want to mess up my uh, wine. Normally oh my makes goodness. me tired, so I didn't want to fall asleep. Uh, yeah. Are you back, Don? You totally froze on us. You know. Yeah. I think my daughter's sneaking some television upstairs, but oh, okay, oh. you're back. We'll see. We'll see, because I told her not to. We'll see. Mm. She her TV sucks up all the internet in the house. That's you can tell when my kids are in school and when they're actually doing school because I'm yeah. like, where's what's happening? Like normally it's fine. And they're like, because normally we're not actually doing it, mom. Normally right. we've turned on <laughs> our cameras and then turned them off, and we've gone off to do other things. So it mm-hmm. doesn't take a lot of internet to do nothing school related. <laughs> hey, Dawn. Yes. About your kids, will they try the cotton candy for me? The cotton candy. <laughs> Typical thing. Will, the, will one of your kids try it for me, please? Have yeah, what if you try the cotton candy with a pickle on the side? <laughs> oh, my son would definitely do it. I mean, if it's got <laughs> sugar and pickles, like my kids would do it. Yeah, for sure. Sugar and pickles? <laughs> yeah. Where do you get it? Like, if you, it's like a cotton covered, cotton candy covered pickles. Wow. She shared know, right? with me the, the, she sent me the photo the other day. So. I said it photo. is I'm- our um, resident weird food finder. <laughs> now Dawn's doing it. Now Dawn's doing I it do. now. I don't know. Maybe there's <laughs> another person on my friends list who likes weird foods because it keeps popping up on my news feed. And I'm like, oh, Karen would love this. <laughs> <laughs> they had Pop-Tarts 
Dill pickle pop tarts the other day. I saw Very those. Cool. Yeah, sure. I just don't know that I could wrap my head around dill pickle pop tarts. <laughs> you could get them hot or cold. I couldn't do it hot. I might yeah. try it cold. I don't know. I, that I, look. I, <laughs> don't look. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, I like pickles, but I don't know. I love dill pickle chips, but I couldn't mix it with sweet. <laughs> oh, it just sounds wrong. <laughs> yeah. So we want to make sure we're have... not in a pop tart. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we want to make sure we have time to hear from Danielle and Jesse. Yeah. So which one of you wants to go next? We'll I'm... get a little snippet. All right, Danielle, it looks super enthusiastic. So we're gonna let Danielle go next. I'm drinking this and it's it's not gonna be good if I get to the bottom. So let me go. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Yay. It looked like Jesse's cup was already empty, so she it doesn't matter. <laughs> Jesse is at altitude. I train for events such as this, so it will be fine. So yeah, no, Daniel, right. I'll go last. Oh, I don't know how you get used Perfect. to it. I went to Colorado Springs and we went to Pikes Peak, 14,000 feet, and I felt drunk the whole time I was up there. It was so <laughs> lack of oxygen. I was holding on to counters in the gift shop. No, we I go back to sea level and I'm invincible mm -hmm. with the alcohol, mm -hmm. which is a horrible thing to say out loud, but is actually the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I, I started training to be in the military in the, in the mountains. And then when I got to boot camp, I was fine. He was at sea. All right. Good. All right, Danielle. Okay. So I, I mentioned earlier, my, uh, my story takes place in the world of my Dare to Surrender books. You, it, it doesn't need to be read in a particular order. It's just, um, a character that's not as didn't get a full book so gave her uh, the short story and it is a second chance uh, romance and even though it's a short story I put in a hint of suspense because I can't not it's just me so I'm just going to read chapter part of chapter one let's start Lily Waters let out a sigh as she pushed open the door to Brannigan's pub she never wanted to set foot in Fisher Springs again, but life had a funny way of working out. Her sister Kate sat at the bar talking to the bartender. Lily, I'm so happy you're here. Well, that makes one of us. After her college graduation two weeks ago, Lily was supposed to start her new job at the Coolidge Foundation, but then her fiance Gavin threw a curveball into her plans by ending the relationship the day before graduation. At first she thought he was giving her the old, it's not you, it's me speech. Nope, it was all her. Apparently she was a cold hearted, I can't swear at all, right? Cold-hearted, who never would give him her heart. He was done trying. And where did that leave her? Homeless, since she'd been living in his condo, jobless, since it was his family's foundation she was set to work at, and now back in the small town she said she'd never come back to. Hi, Kate, thanks for meeting me here before I face mom and dad. Kate rolled her eyes. I'm sorry, you have to deal with their beep. Here, I got you a beer. Yeah, they're beep, all right. Their dad was mayor of this fine town and their mother was all about appearances and Lily's latest breakup wasn't good for appearances. She took a sip of the beer, thanks. Zach, this is my little sister, Lily. And Lily, this is my good friend and owner of this establishment, Zach. Zach nodded in her direction. Nice to meet you. Lily graduated from college and is back home, Kate explained. For now, Lily added. Until she found a job in Seattle and could get out of get the hell out again, there were too many reminders of her first love in this town. Driving down Main Street, she'd seen the bench where they'd carved their initials. I'd love if you stayed, Kate said. I've missed you. You know why I can't. Kate's smile fell. About that, there's something I need to tell you. 
Lily laughed. What, did Riker get married or something? A door creaked behind her. No, not married. Zach, I got the pipe fixed. The voice she hadn't heard in over two years, the voice she never expected to hear again. She turned around and found herself eye to eye with Riker McCormick, the man who'd shattered her heart in a million pieces. She'd loved him with everything she had until the day the letter arrived. He ended it by letter. And since he'd been deployed, she couldn't even demand more answers. Lily, it's good to see you, Riker smiled. The man looked good, too good. He filled out since you'd last seen him, but he still had that sexy smile and those piercing gray eyes and those damn dimples. His nearly black hair was shorter now, which made him even sexier. All those feelings she'd tamped down came rushing back along with the hurt. Gavin had been right. She never would have, he never would have her heart. It belonged entirely to the man in front of her, the man she now hated. I can't say the same. She slid off the bar stool and made her way to the door. A large hand engulfed her wrist, spinning around and sending tingles throughout her body. Lily, don't. Don't what? Don't run from you? Don't leave you and not let give you a chance to explain? You ended us with a letter, a bleeping letter. He flinched. I'm sorry. And I never understood why. All you said it was to be best for us. His hand trembled against her wrist. I thought it was. I was wrong. She yanked out of his grip. You have got to be bleeping kidding me. You destroyed me, and now all you have to say is what? Oops. Go bleep yourself, my Riker McCormick. She raced out the door before he could see her tears. I'll stop there. I think that's about time. How accurate that is. I mean, my husband is still in the military, right? And I mean, they're getting divorce papers over email, and <laughs> that is so sad but accurate. I love that book. That sounds really good. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, that's not a good way to get a breakup. No, over a letter. Mm -mm. No, she's pretty mad about it. <laughs> With good reason. Yeah. yeah. Yes, good reason. For real. So do we have questions coming up? We don't have any questions yet. Everybody's just loving this. Um, okay. I mean, they're just loving it and making comments. So let's let's go ahead and do Jesse, right? Jesse's up. Okay. Yep. yep. We'll have yeah, Jesse okay. read. And then if anyone does have questions, put them in the comments in the Facebook group. Or I know we can count on Karen for a question or two. That sounds good. Okay. So my story, again, it ties in with my, um, my second series, which is Mint Springs, which is a steamy small town. I have another series before that that's just contemporary. And that one's set in Nashville. They tie, they're going to tie a little bit together, but they don't yet because the second series only has one book out. And um, so these characters are, let's see, what do you need to know? They are, they're a little bit older. Um, my characters kind of tend to skew a little bit older. Um, for my first series, they're all 30s and up. The second series, a little, few of them are younger, but there are gonna be some older people in there too. So these guys are, it's second chance. They're a little bit older. Um, and I'll just read, I'm gonna do the first two chapters. And so there's um, alternating points of view. So the first one is Laney and the second chapter is gonna be Matt's chapter. All right. The tomato was not my smartest purchase. The tomato plant, because there's not a hint of red and ripe yet. Just those fuzzy green leaves and that bitter scent on your hands after you touch them. I have no business buying a tomato plant. But when my mother speaks for the first time all day, talking about growing the juicy red fruit with her father, the silence after makes me desperate. That's when, when that's the clearest, most lucid conversation we've had since I came back to Mint Springs, 
you can bet I'm gonna, I'm gonna grow a bumper crop of tomatoes. Knowing nothing about gardening doesn't stop me from turning into Sullivan's Nursery. My car seems to pilot itself straight there after I'm done shopping at the Piggly Wiggly. I ignore the ice cream melting in the Georgia heat and start searching for what I want. This magical thing that can bring my mother back to me, even if just a little bit. Ma'am, there's that dreaded Southern nicety. Can I help you find something? Yes, tomatoes. Just point me in the right direction. I don't need to linger. I've left my mother alone and that's never a good idea. I'd be happy to show you any particular variety you're interested in. His face is genuinely eager, smiling as he starts to lead me deeper into the rows of plants. Variety? Um, we have different ones for growing in pots or if you want to use them a certain way. He can't be more than 16 years old, this tomato expert. He's tall and screams wholesome, blue eyes and russet hair that's probably gotten him a fair amount of teasing. I have no idea about any of that. I just want a tomato plant. And I want this to be simple. Already, I'm starting to sweat a little in the heat, the edges of my hair beginning to curl, no matter how hard I've worked to tame them straight. The humidity has never annoyed me more than it does now, now that I'm back here under the worst of circumstances. I know who you need, the boy tells me with more confidence than is warranted for tomato plants. He cups his hands around his mouth. Dad, it's aimed at the back of a man deeper in the rows of plants I can't begin to name. The same red hair, and when he turns, the same blue eyes, Matthew Sullivan. Maddie Sullivan, who shouldn't be here in the same way I shouldn't be here. Older, broader, bearded. The boy from 25 summers ago suddenly standing close enough for me to see the way he startles when his eyes lock on mine. Laney? The shocked way he says my name knocks me off balance. My name on Maddie Sullivan's lips still has the ability to make me lose all sense, apparently. It also freezes me to the spot, stuck next to what I know to be petunias. Laney King, back in Mint Springs, never thought I'd see the day. Chapter two, we had a deal, Laney hisses at me once we're out of earshot of my son. We've moved farther down the row because there's no reason for Matthew Edward Sullivan III, otherwise known as Trey, to learn he's been speaking to the woman who should have been his mother. I was just about to say the same thing to you. I don't look at her. That's partly to keep this conversation from getting heated and partly because every time I look at Lainey, I get a punch in the gut. What the bleep is she doing here? I can't manage being so close to those wide brown eyes and all that chestnut hair. It's shorter than she used to wear it, but I'm almost certain if I lean down, I'll get a whiff of jasmine. To me? You're here doing what? Working with your dad? That was not what we decided, Maddie. Not even close. Matt. No one calls me Maddie anymore and my dad passed away a few years ago. I own Sullivan's now. One hand comes to her mouth to cover her startled gasp. The other moves to my forearm, where her fingers instantly send a jolt of electricity through my entire body. I'm, I'm so sorry, I didn't know. Lainey tears up in a way that's going to make this look like more than just me helping a customer. How would you have known? I keep my voice low. 
That's the way it's supposed to be, Lainey. I move my arm back to the plants, shuffling things around like I have purpose, trying my damnedest not to look, oh, my, sorry, my darndest, not to think of that perfect summer when Lainey was mine. Was he sick? My mother never mentioned anything. Cancer. That's why I came back. I did everything the way we promised right up until I couldn't. Now I'm fine to be the pot, but you're standing right here next to me, Kettle. And this better just be a visit. I take a chance and look at her and look her full in the face. That's a mistake, because even now, Lainey King is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. I'm here for a while. My mom's, she's, the tomatoes for her. She gives a little nod like that's that. But you're supposed to be in New York, not growing tomatoes in Mint Springs. And I'm supposed to be in Atlanta. She doesn't throw that in my face, even though she could. I can't move her. It's complicated. She gives a little sigh of resignation. Now tell me which of these I should buy and I'll get out of your way. She turns back toward the tables packed with tomato plants and I notice the bare spot where her wedding ring should be. That doesn't mean anything, I remind myself. And it doesn't change anything either. But I see her eyes flick to my left hand when I reach out to select a plant for her. Notice the way her eyebrow raises just a fraction when she sees my ring fingers naked too. And that's enough to make me start having thoughts I shouldn't about Lainey King. There's a reason we decided to end things 25 years ago. But for the life of me, right now I can't remember what it is. So good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Loved it. I know. I feel like I need to go back and reread this entire book now. So it's interesting fun. to see everybody's stuff, right? Like there's a lot yep. of different things and some things that I always thought, oh, that's kind of not my jam. And then I read it and think, oh, actually it is. I'm gonna have to go and see everything else this person wrote. And I'm mm -hmm. gonna have to read all of it because I've yep. been missing out. That's what I love about the anthology. It introduces you to things you might not have given a chance. And then all mm -hmm. of a sudden, I do like that author. Yep. I do like I would have had and... bought it. <laughs> <laughs> while, we, while you guys were to us, I went over and bought it. <laughs> well, well, we have one question. It. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I was just saying, I hope she enjoys it. We have one question from the um, comments and then Karen's, you know, she never disappoints us. So I, well, I did kind of issue that challenge. I, I you figured did. that Karen would respond with, uh, yeah. with more questions than we'll be able to handle. Cause she was oh. like, I, I'm really busy today. It's on, it's on, uh, cameras off. And, and then she's Dylan's like, but you need questions. We need questions. <laughs> so she popped them in there. All right. So let's start with our, 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 uh, live ones. Um, Jamie says she's a newbie. How long does it take for you to write a book and the favorite one you've written or your favorite trope? I nice like second chances. I do. I, I love a good second chance romance. Yeah. Um, the enemies to lovers is always fun. I like a slow burn, a slow burn that, you know, explodes. Um, so I enjoy those that have the kind of the history because there's all that sort of built up angst anyway mm -hmm. and explosion. So yeah, that's what I like. 
And how long does it take me to write a book? It depends. Um, I just finished a book that's going to be in the cocky hero world. It's actually coming out May 30th. I just got the date today. Um, but it was, um, I did it during nano. So I did it in a month. Oh yeah. So nano will do that to you. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it, I got that book written and done, um, and nano. So just depends. The thing about nano though, is then once you know, you can do it, then you can, you do it every time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like it, it hurts the first time, but then after that you realize, oh, I can do, because I try to do 3000 words a day. And if I do 3000 words a day, every day, I can write a book in a month, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Month and a half. If I'm taking the weekends off and being like, oh, I'll take a little lazy Sunday or whatever, then okay. Um, I know Elena who has a story in the sweet anthology, her lowest day is 2000 words a day. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Is, That's see, a, is that Lena Johnson? Yeah. And she yeah. was like, what? She was like, every day. And then she, because she's like, oh, I was like, I don't need to hear it. Like um, 3,000 is enough for me. And it sometimes I can't do it. But like, you know, if you can do it like that, you can, but everybody can't write fast like that. Yeah. And so sometimes then it takes, it takes longer, which I think is, it, it, that's a, that's a big spectrum of people, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like all the way. Not everyone's work doing this full time. I don't. I don't get to do this full time. I have a day job as well, so I'm putting out. I can write a book in two months, but then it needs work. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so every three to four months, I think, to get it from start to finish. Yep. And I'm with you, Eliza. I love enemies to lovers. I just. I. I, I got that thing. But they also asked for our favorite books, which we got to make sure we all say that. Oh. One of mine that I've written is uh, Saving Her Target. It's just the most. The alpha hero is just the most sexy. I just. I just love that one the best. Um, I go from like outline to published as my process is usually around eight to 10 weeks. Um, it took me three years to write the first one though. So I've, I've improved. Uh, my favorite tropes are definitely enemies to lovers. I write a lot of billionaire romance, BDSM um, has to be in all of my books. Um, and, uh, second chances are definitely, I'm really big on that. Um, and my favorite book that I've written so far, I think is book four in the Diamond Dom series. Cause I don't know, it's second chance and enemies to lovers. And like, it's, yeah, it, yeah, that one That's was fun. <laughs> that one was all fun. Your, right? All your favorite candy in that one, huh? Yes. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> so are you plotters or pants, planters, pantsers? I'm a planster. Plant. <laughs> I'm a planster. I, I plot. Um, I do plot and I do do an outline. Uh, but what I kind of write inside my outline when I get to it is I hit, I have the beats and I do the bullet points. Um, but kind of what happens within those beats is up for grabs. So that's where I do the kind of the, the pantsing. Um, and things change. What I've written right now, I started with her car was gonna break down in the town. Now it was, she ended up having a car accident because that ended up actually working better than her car break. You know, so, um, you know, things like that will will change. And sometimes the story just takes me to a better place. It doesn't really change the outline per se. It's just what happens within that beat. Uh, Sometimes I just come up with something better and that doesn't happen until I'm actually writing the story. So before, 
before we get to the next person, there's also a question. Can you guys list your favorite books? So if you're not talking, could you list your favorite books so that the readers can see them in the comments or yeah, whatever later? Comments. Yeah. Our, later our so own that books can... or other people's books too? You want um, everybody's books? Oh, everybody's books. <laughs> your favorite. <laughs> I mean, we're promoting you. So let's do your favorite. <laughs> no. And so, um, Ivy, sorry, you, you oh, were yeah. going, sorry. Um, so yeah, I, I plot pretty heavily, um, but I like the very beginning, like, so for the first like eight chapters, I have like very detailed, I know exactly what's gonna happen. I plot it like, and nothing changes in those. Um, the rest of my outline is usually just bullet points because about the time I get eight or nine chapters in, I've thought of better things. <laughs> And I know that about myself. And then I don't actually write the last three chapters until I'm in the middle of editing it because it just doesn't come to me until I have started editing. So well, that's interesting. That's kind of what, what I've done lately too, Ivy, is I, I've saved the last two chapters till after I get editing because I'll, I'll plot, but then after I'm, while I'm in it, I come up with more plots. I've, I've, I do a lot of plots because like I said, I have twists because of the suspense. Mm -hmm. And about three quarters of the way through, I end up going back over it because I want to make sure that these new plots fizzle through. So then I have to completely edit it before I close it because otherwise I'll leave a thread open. Sometimes I want to, but usually I don't. But yeah, I, that works really well to write the last after you've gone through. Mm -hmm. And she says uh, all of the favorites so she can read your books. All of your favorites. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed my first book that I wrote, surprisingly, just because it was, um, I love my hero. I just love my hero in that book. Um, but I also enjoyed the book I just wrote for the Kage Hero World. Um, he, the title is called Tormented Bastard, and he is very tormented. And oh, dang. I just did it again. That's uh, not a bad right. word. That's you know, fine. We're, it's we're not a cover group. title, right? The, the <clears throat> Amazon's going to let me have. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah, so I enjoyed that one. He's a, uh, a former baseball player and um, that went through a bunch of stuff. And so um, and it, it is a second chance enemies to lovers. So it hits those tropes that I really enjoy. So those two have been my favorites so far. See, and I, I wrote it, but like my favorite thus far, because every book, the last book I wrote is always the favorite book I wrote, P.S. Mm -hmm. So the, the third book in Finally Falling has is Reverse Age Gap, which is one of my favorite things I love. As I, as I get older, I love a little reverse age gap. Like yep. he's 28 and she's 40 and he's so into it. And I was like, oh, of course he is. But um, yeah, so that I love that guy um and I, I do also like second chance I accidentally write second chance all the time apparently because every time I'm like what's the trope like when I start without planning at first it's going to be a second chance no matter what so that's apparently what I love the most but then I do have you know some of the reverse age gap I started reading a lot of those because obviously I'm getting my own life is, is making some choices for me where I'm like, yeah, reverse age gap is the way to go. <laughs> it's funny. I literally just had this conversation with my daughter today because I dated a, a guy in high school that was a year younger than me. And she was like, ew, 
<laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? Ew. Really? You're a part. And she's like, uh, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Such a baby. Like, I'm like, oh, you don't even know the babies, friends. Yeah. Give me five minutes of your time. <laughs> My husband is 18 months younger than me. And so it, it always pisses me off though, when I'm two years older than him, you know, cause there's like yeah. a certain part, well, like for five minutes. Yes. <laughs> for, for half a year, I, I sound like I'm two years older than him instead of 18 months. And hey, I, I want to see that. I get that. Yeah, is 10 years younger than my mom. Woohoo. Oh, as I say, well, three years on my, my husband's three years younger, but for part of the year, he's four years. Mm-hmm. And he makes sure to rub it in. And I know, right? I'm like, really? Oh, that's cute. All right, so we got some a lot of questions from Karen, and we're not going to get them to them all, Karen. I'm so sorry, but let's see where we're at. Um, we can get a couple of Karens in, I'm I'm sure. Yeah, and then we have to figure out. Um, we have to announce our winner too. Yeah, I got a list. I mean, I, I don't know how you want me to get them to you. <laughs> um. Well, you made a list, so just I number did. them and tell us how many there are, and then we'll have okay. um one of our authors pick a number between one and whatever. You want me to include authors that are friends of ours that are joining us? Anyone? Yeah. I mean, none of us. No, none of us. Okay. So uh, do you have audio books? I do. Um, I, one is out now and the, the second one actually just finished production. I actually need to tell my narrator that it's ready and she can approve it and, charge me money so do you have audiobooks for all of your all the diamond doms just so the far? first well but just the first two okay. um, but she's going to be recording all of them this year and next so. very cool i'm jesse or eliza i was gonna say i don't have any yet i don't have any yet but i have to give me five minutes and then yeah. maybe i will <laughs> My first book is, my first book is out in audio, which is Trouble Me. And then um, the book that will be coming out in May, Tormented Bastard, that will, that will have an audio book as well. Got it? Did everybody answer? Sorry, I was writing things. <laughs> yeah, I think we got everybody. Okay. Do you hide secrets in your books that only a few people will find or know about? Yes, I have. Yes. Um, I have a reader group and we do uh, Friday night chats kind of like this. Um, and so sometimes I'll put in little things that got said or, you know, little ideas that were sparked based on those conversations. And, you know, they're all people that read my books. So, but usually it's just the people that showed up for the chat that are gonna get the reference. I have accidentally done it and then started doing it on purpose because at first I wasn't thinking I was doing it. And my editor kept saying, oh, look at this one. And I was like, is that, she's like, there's like four Easter eggs in this. And I was like, no, there aren't because I didn't put any in there like at all. And then she's like, oh no, there are like four. So I was like, oh, so after that, I've been putting them in and I have my friends sometimes will be like, oh, I totally saw that and remembered. And I'm like, okay, great. Sometimes it's that I accidentally have this thing where I give people names that turn out to be names or people like, oh, you mean from some obscure 1980s television show, that character? 
And I'm like, um, <laughs> no, but yes, hundred percent. I did that on purpose. Mm -hmm. So sure. That's funny. And I, I put in things to connect, I guess you'd call them sort of Easter eggs. They're, they're little things that just connect all the books because they're all standalones. Mm -hmm. And I got two series out, but they're all have some connections. Yeah, that's how mine are. They're standalones, but the connect, they're connected. So you'll see something of the first character um, or, or the first, well, like in the second book, there's like little things from the first book, you know, little ties somehow, so. And I think you all know that we always put a beaver in our books. So <laughs> romance happy hour over here. <laughs> Love llamas. It started to become a thing and yeah. <laughs> Yes. There's always a mention of a beaver. A and, beaver somewhere. And yeah, all my books now, I don't know. It's yeah. I'm a thing. When in doubt, insert a beaver and it works. Right. No matter what the genre is. It seems to work. Have remember that now. <laughs> I'm stuck. Dylan's a genius. There, there is an origin story for that story. Some, yeah, but we don't need to go there now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever changed a cover on an older story to market it with a different new branding? Like, go, Eliza. Tell us your story. Because <laughs> Eliza's, you're, you're changing I, but yours. Now but now I am changing my cover again more for marketing purposes. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just... You know, I, I, we could be here all night with all the, I'm sure we ha all have the stories of, you know, all the mistakes that we made and that kind of thing. And yeah. um, mine was um, covers. And the first ones I had to change because I couldn't run ads on them. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that they were all that, that, but apparently Amazon says they are, you can sell them, but you can't advertise them. Um, and then, um, the covers I have now, my cover artist is amazing and she does exactly what I asked her to. But then I was like, oh crap, it's like Hallmark on the cover and HBO Max after dark inside. That's not going to work. So, um, so yeah, so I am working on another iteration, but you know, I think I'll get it this time around. My very first series, the very first cover that I put on book one looked more like a John Grisham novel than a dirty romance. Um, so yeah, I did change that one and I'm actually about to completely rebrand that series to kind of fall into line with the brand that I've set for myself. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm in the middle of something you learn almost kind of, sort of, if you don't yeah. get it right off, I know some people yeah. are much smarter than me and get it right off, but I didn't. Um, and I had to really kind of learn my brand and what, what I really wanted to write and do. Yeah, and it took me a little a little while to figure out. You know, that's not really what I want to write. So yeah, and then you have and to. Steamy small town is hard, I think, for that because, like, up here I'm gonna like shamelessly promote myself right now. Like, this is my first series. It's just dudes, and I cut their heads off because who mm -hmm. cares what their faces are? No one. <laughs> Everyone only wants to see this, and so I'm like, this is easy, but then when I did the small town, like my new covers for the second series, I was like, is that sexy enough? And then I was like, no, it's not. Like, it's too sweet. And people would be like, no, yeah. no, this is perfect. I'm like, is it perfect? It's never yeah. gonna be perfect because it always looks too sweet to someone. It always looks too sexy to someone else. And they read the book and then they say, this is not what I thought it was gonna be because 
whatever mm-hmm. the gauzy mm-hmm. or the kissing or the not kissing or the like that for me was much harder than regular like this first series is contemporary it's a little bit southern but it's just naked men on and amazon lets that get advertised all day long P.S. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely yeah i think what i've kind of figured out with my steamy small town is i'm just really going to try to focus on the trope of it mm-hmm. and small town is just a setting it's not the trope um, or the subgenre, not the trope. So I'm really just kind of doing the cover more based on that and um, go from there. Mm-hmm. That's what I've done as well. It's funny how much of us are doing steamy small town. I, yeah, it's my jam. I love it. Town, but it's not depicted on the cover. I have all the man chests, mm-hmm. dark yeah. background, and that's yeah. Mm. And I thought about that because I second guessed it because I thought, well, this first one like is all like this. And maybe my brand is also just this, right? A little bit, right? Like if I, maybe I just do like the open flannel shirt, right? But cut his head off. And then I thought about that, but I keep like gravitating to these things where I'm like, oh, but I love this. I love this little picture. And people are like, too sweet. Stop doing that. Like it's, it's hard to get the balance. So I may in the end recover this. They're not even out yet. And I may recover the second (laughs) series and be like, it needs Manchester open flannel shirt please like that's what it is so we'll see right I mean I think everybody's constantly trying to figure out what makes you see the cover and say oh that's what's inside this Mm -hmm. like that's well and and that's why I'm I got I'm doing a pen name because I had a paranormal that I wrote years ago and it was just in my backlist like not making money just back there so I'm like I'm gonna pull it because I'm rebranding myself anyways so I'm refining my brand, pulling that, starting a new thing, paranormal. And yeah, so it happens. Various reasons why you would pull it and rebrand. Well, and I think that's the beauty and the curse of being, you know, a lot of people who are self-published. It's like, you have the option to do that. (laughs) It's it's wonderful that you have the option, but then, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, how many times am I going to, you know, repackage this and, and put it out again? Because- yeah, it's tricky balance. Well, and I, I I was thinking that at first, but then I thought like how many editions of like Jane Austen novels are there? I mean, how many times have her has her, her novels been repackaged and resold and all that? Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, it's just a different edition. That's what I keep telling myself. <laughs> it's yeah. just a different edition. Right. And everyone can buy another like like how many paperbacks do you want? Twelve. Yeah of each one. So you need 12 <laughs> new covers, Don. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So one more, and then I think we got to. Yeah, we've gone way over. Up. Yeah. So uh, how do you decide on a title for your stories? Mine are mostly song titles that relate to my book. Hmm. Um, a lot of just brainstorming with my writer friends and just sometimes pulling my hair out and titles are not my favorite thing. Um, once I came up with like a concept for the titles for the Diamond Dom series, like that became easier. Um, I never asked my husband because he does not give me serious answers. Um, but sometimes actually, if I do ask my husband, he makes me mad with his just stupid answers. And then it like kickstarts my brain because I have to think of something better than he suggested, right? Uh, so, so yeah, just a lot of just 
writing things down and scribbling them out until something sounds right. <laughs> And I'm just generally terrible at it. So like I wrote the first book in the first series and it's got an MMA guy in it. So that's why it's fight for it. And then I realized I had to name the other books so that they sounded similar to the first book yeah. and it was too late to change the first book. So they all have F something. So there's fight for it, forget about it fix it. The fourth one is feel it. It was supposed to come out in December, but hello, it didn't because COVID, et cetera. And so that's still coming out, but um, they're all F and then something. And then the second series, I had a great idea that turned out to be somebody else already had that great idea. And so they're all make it something. So the first one is make it shine. And the second one is make it burn. And then the other two, because they're four brothers are going to be similar. So they sound similar, but again, like I'm a title idiot. Like, I'm just like, if, if you gave me a better idea, I'd be like, that's it. And then I'd be like, I'll change it all because <laughs> I didn't come into it with great ideas. So I'm horrible. Danielle's probably better. Danielle, oh, I, go ahead. <laughs> I have to have the title have some meaning because I'm always trying to have like a, you know, just a twist that has some meaning. So the first series, it's just one word titles. They're the kind of simple, but for the second series, it's they're all three words and it just came to me the first one and it if it once you read the story the title means more than before and so i'm like okay i gotta do that every time so that's what i'm doing with this series you're like okay it's just a random title but then when you read the story you're like oh okay yeah i'm trying to do yeah this my first series i did it's got me in it so it's the first one's trouble me the second one's remind me the third one is you uh you save me so but it eats each of it um relates to you know something that's going on in the book you know trouble me's got a recovering alcoholic heroine and a um trying to redeem himself hero whose uh late wife was an addict so you know there's lots of trouble there um and then, you know, remind me as a second chance enemy to lovers romance. So, you know, he's trying to remind her what they lost when he comes back to town to get a rack, you know, that kind of thing. So um, they're song titles, but at the same time, they, they do tie to what's going on in the story. Okay. How about we pick a winner? Do you want to pick a winner? Yes, let's do it. Okay. One through 14. All right, um, Jesse, you're right in the middle of my screen. So you pick the number one through 14. It's all five. on you. Ooh. Five, I always pick five. So she didn't even five. hesitate. Danielle five. Myers. All right. Oh, Danielle, yay, Danielle. That's my favorite. So Danielle is our winner. We will uh, message you after this and get your contact info so we can get you their, your gift card. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. I know we went over, we always go over, but I think um, we didn't want to, you know, we wanted to hear from everybody. So, and I'm glad we did because it's so interesting to me that, you know, four different authors and we all kind of started off with the same kind of prompt. It was a kind of an unexpected, when you least expect it, I think was, was the um, kind of theme that they gave us to build our stories around, which I probably should have said that in the beginning. Um, but it's interesting to see, you know, how just in the four different, different excerpts that y'all read, um, you know, just kind of how that you just have that prompt and then, you know, what comes out of it. So I, I just so enjoy hearing from everybody. It's so much fun.
So thanks for joining us, um, Dawn. We're back on next week, a regular episode <laughs> on the um, on the Romance Happy Hour page, and we've got um, a couple authors. Did you have a question, Teresa? I saw you wave your hand. Or were you just waving by? Oh, just waving by. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't want to miss out if you had a question. So thanks for joining us. We will have um, our authors from tonight. If you want to put your links to the series of the books that, that you read your story from, if you want to put that in the group, that would be fantastic. And we will talk to you next time. Do you have anything else, Dawn? No. No? Mm -mm. All right. So, all right. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate you spending your, your Thursday night with us. And we yes. will see you later. Bye. 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 Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Romance Happy Hour. To find out who's coming on next or catch up on the video episodes, visit our website at romancehappyhour.com. Don't forget, you can always join us live on the second and fourth Thursday of each month on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. To connect with Dawn or me, check the show notes for our contact info. We'll see you next time. Cheers! Cheers.